Welcome everyone to the Inspirational Businesswoman Show where today I'll be speaking with my special guest, Odile Remert, and we're going to be discussing empowerment breakthrough to reprogram your subconscious GPS. Hi everyone, I am Virginia Parsons, the host of the Inspirational Businesswoman Show, and I want to thank you for being here with us today. We have a great program coming up, and you know, before we get started, I would really love it if you could help spread the word, because you're going to have some powerful, valuable information from Odile today, and I want to make sure that everyone who could benefit by this information has an opportunity to see it. So what I'm going to do is go ahead and play the preview trailer. And while you're watching that, you have a couple buttons you can push to help get the word out about Odile's amazing information. So I'll play the preview and we'll be getting started right after that. some powerhouse information coming up for you and anyone you know who sometimes struggles with what you think you want to do and yet there's something under the surface seems to interfere with you feeling fully empowered and getting the results that you want. Well, Odile is here today to help us breakthrough and I can't wait to share her with you. But first, I need to let you know that today's show is sponsored by hangout-marketing.com where you can receive a complimentary live stream marketing assessment. Now, if you're not using live stream in your business, what are you waiting for? It is the most powerful and effective way to build the no trust and like factor. Well, all you need to do to take advantage of this assessment is to text POUND SUCCESS to 775-800-4179. Take the assessment, which will only take you a couple of minutes, and you might qualify for a complimentary SHINE strategy session with me where we will really sit down, look at your business, and help you determine the very best, most strategic ways for you to use live stream in your business. So go ahead and take advantage of that. And if you're out of the country, you can go to hangout-marketing.com as well. So I hope you're going to take advantage of that, and I'm looking forward to talking to you about it after you take the assessment. All right, so let's get you introduced to Odile today. Now, as I said, we're going to be talking about empowerment breakthrough to reprogram your subconscious GPS. And Odile is the co-founder of the Remert Method. She's an international mindset coach, and she's been studying and practicing these techniques and strategies for many years. As a matter of fact, she used them to transform her own life, and I'm going to let her tell you about her story. But before we get started, remember those three areas we're going to be focusing on today are gaining control over your brain-body chemistry, and they do relate and they overlap. And so Ideal is going to help with that. And then how to change your subconscious GPS. Did you know that you actually do have a pre-written GPS already programmed in your subconscious? 
If it's working, great. But if it's not getting where you want to go, it's time to reprogram it. And finally, breaking through challenges. You know, challenges that come up each and every day for each and every one of us so that you can stay on course with your new GPS coordinates. So, Odile, come on in and say hi to our audience, won't you? Hello, Virginia. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to be sh sharing this uh, incredibly powerful information with you all. I know it is because you know I already have a background as a clinical hypnotherapist and I understand these principles and yet you have taken it to a level that I'm excited to hear more about because you've put together your own, what you call your own remote system around making these changes. So I'm super excited to talk to you about it and, and throw questions out at you and also hear from everyone in the audience because you guys, we want to hear from you, whether or not you're with us live or in replay, put your comments down, put your questions down. We also want to hear if you hear something that is what I call a pack your bag moment, put it down. Let us know that or a pound gem saying mm, that is a gem I'm going to make sure I pay attention to. We do want to hear from you. So let's start Odile with the background that you have, because I feel that our backgrounds, our stories are so fundamental to our life's path and what eventually becomes our life work like you have. So what would you like to share with us about that that got you maybe from what I call a defining moment into what you're doing today to change other people's lives? So go ahead. Absolutely. Uh, thank you, Virginia. Well, Toward the end of 2015, I was divorced, renting a room in a shared house in England, um, cleaning other people's houses and unable to pay my bills. I was suicidal and I'd been depressed for a long time. I'd had a lifetime of struggle, um, emotional, physical and financial struggle. And so I had kind of reached rock bottom and a few months later, not only was I able to pay my bills, but I was also traveling internationally um, and even paying for my son and my sister to join me on one of my trips to Greece. And the what had shifted there was the GPS coordinates, which I'm going to share with you today. Um, because, you know, it's like you're driving, you want to drive to Chicago and you are, in, no, you, let's say you're in Chicago and you want to drive to LA. If your GPS coordinates are set to Chicago, it's going to keep turning you around and sending you back to, uh, to there instead of to LA. And my GPS coordinates were set to struggle and drama. And it was when I changed them that I, that my life changed completely. So I am now... Uh, living in America, where I'd always wanted to be, uh, married to the love of my life. I do what I love for a living, and I now own the rental properties I used to clean back in 2015. <laughs> I love it. That is a great turnaround. That is like, yeah, I'm getting out of Chicago, although I, I'm from the Chicago area originally. I love that town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're right. It's it's If your GPS coordinates are set to a place you're just familiar with, you've grown up with, you tend to stay there, don't you? You don't expand even beyond your city limits. Yep. <laughs> All right, well, let's let's talk, whoop, let me get this scene over. Let's talk for a moment about what this means, about this mind-body connection, the, the neural connections that take place that affect us without our even knowing it. I, I call that some of the autonomic nervous system response patterns that, you know, have got to be reprogrammed. So let's let people know about that. All right. Wonderful. And, you know, these are my favorite topics, so <laughs> I'm happy to help. Um, right. So the first part that I wanted to share is, and this, to me, this should be general knowledge because this is so powerful once you realize what's going on. Whenever we feel a negative emotion, any negative emotion. So from um, fear and anxiety to worry, to anger, frustration, loneliness, uh, hopelessness, whatever those negative emotions are, the brain and body go into the same fight, freeze, flight state they do when we're faced with a physical threat. 
So stress chemicals are pumped into our system, the same stress chemicals that would be pumped into our system if we were faced with a bear. And the reason that's so important is those stress chemicals, so adrenaline, cortisol, uh, they have very specific physiological effects, including they cause blood to, to be redirected from the organs to the extremities for running away or fighting. So the organs are not getting the blood flow they need whenever those stress chemicals are running through your system. In addition to that, or any, um, any systems that aren't essential for surviving in the moment, running away, fighting, pretending to be dead, are shut down. That includes digestion and healing. And what's most important and most um, remarkable to me is that the other effect of these stress, uh, stress hormones in your system is blood drains from the prefrontal cortex of your brain, where you do your cognitive thinking, to the back of your brain for survival. Because when you're being chased by a bear, there's no time to uh, negotiate or you know strategize. You have to escape, and that's what the back of the brain is for. So the the prefrontal cortex is where we do our um, you know problem solving and noticing opportunities and processing information, comprehending, uh, communication, strategizing. All of those higher levels of thinking are done in the prefrontal cortex. And so this means that whenever you're feeling any negative emotion, you literally can't think straight. Oh, you have access to the oh, cognitive part of your brain. First gem, first <laughs> gem, because you can't think straight when you're not getting the energetic and the blood flow to the prefrontal cortex. Is that what you said? I get That's that. That's exactly it. <laughs> yes. Indeed. So it's all about survival and yes. therefore it's totally instinctive. Yes. And yet what we don't understand is the stress response is the same whether or not, well, maybe it'd be a little higher if a bear was running after you as opposed to some mental, you know, low energy stress. Depends. It actually depends when people, uh, you know, are really triggered by hurt, betrayal, grief and loss. It can be as high as if you were in in uh, immediate physical danger. Okay, I, I guess I do get that because, well, here's something I always love to bring up around this idea that is so dem demonstrates this concept. And that is that I've experienced and I think so many people have driving down the highway and thinking uh, everything's going fine and suddenly I hear a siren. And before I even look to see if I'm speeding and then they're after me, all of these physiological changes have taken place in an instant before cognitively I've even figured out what's going on. My heart is beating faster. There's that startle reflex. I can feel my respiration going up and you're literally kind of going into the fight or flight just wondering if the police cars after you. Does that help? And what's what's fascinating as well is that it doesn't even have to be something real happening right now, because the brain can't tell the difference between reality and imagination. So that means you just need to think of something you're worried about for that reaction to happen, for that fight, freeze, flight uh, state, for those. Uh, stress chemicals to be pumped into your system. And that's why we get into these patterns of um, you know, depression or anxiety or worry about something because it becomes a vicious cycle. Those connections between neurons, uh, when we have a thought, it's a connection between neurons and the neocortex, and those connections trigger matching chemicals. So when you think of something negative, you pump stress chemicals into your system. When you think of something positive, you pump feel-good chemicals into your system. Yes, and I get that. The problem is, how can you catch it? Yes. And that's the GPS reprogramming, well, isn't it? Because how can you catch that negative before it already has a physiological impact on you? Because we are so bombarded, Odile each yes. and every day, each and every hour with things that affect us negatively that might not even have anything to do with our own personal lives, but we are bombarded with it. So I know you're going to have some guidance on that. 
Definitely. I've got some tips and tools that will help. And so what I wanted to say about the prefrontal cortex, I think of it as you're trying to drive with the handbrake on. So when you're in a negative state, the prefrontal cortex is offline. There's no blood, well, very little blood in that part of the brain. And you're trying to think and it's like driving with the handbrake on or trying to. So what you need to do, of course, is release the handbrake. And the way to release the handbrake is very simple. It's not easy. It's not always easy, but it's very, very simple. And that is because wherever we put our focus determines what uh, which chemicals the brain and body are producing, whether it's stress chemicals or feel-good chemicals, it is as simple but not easy as switching your focus from whatever it is that triggered you to something you love, something you're grateful for, something you're looking forward to. And the easiest uh, technique that I teach is take a deep breath, close your eyes and think of your favorite color. And if you don't have a favorite, just pick one you like and imagine being surrounded by that beautiful color and focus on the feeling of that gorgeous color. And as you do that, the stress chemicals start to come down and your brain starts to produce feel good chemicals. Now, the fascinating thing is it only takes 60 to 90 seconds to switch from stress chemicals to feel good chemicals, as long as you're keeping your focus off the negative and on the positive for just that minute and a half. That's all it takes. Now, the reason it's so difficult to do that is because stress chemicals are stronger than feel good chemicals because for survival, of course. So we're, we're designed to focus on the tiger, keep our focus on the tiger that that's going to attack us rather than the pretty flowers so that we survive. So that's why it can be so difficult once you're already triggered and you're already in a negative state to be able to pull your focus off that and put it on something you love or something you're grateful for because your whole system, your brain and body going, don't take your focus off this, you'll die. <laughs> so, so that is one of the techniques we teach is practicing when you're not triggered, practicing choosing your focus deliberately, choosing to think about the color, uh, being surrounded by the color, practicing thinking of someone or something you love and imagining holding them in your arms in a hug. And that starts to produce those chemicals again. So as you imagine, or you think about someone you love, you imagine holding them, a pet or a person, or even an activity or a place, your brain uh, produces oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. And you start to change that chemical state from stress chemicals to feel good chemicals. And you start to bring your cognitive thinking back online. But like physical exercise, it takes practice and it takes conditioning. So just like you can't just go out and run a marathon without training, this is the same. You, if you wait until you're triggered to, to use these little techniques, it's much more difficult because of course the stress chemicals are already high. But if you practice every day and practice when you're not triggered, your brain and body start to become conditioned in the same way they would with physical exercise. And then you spend, you, you, you end up living your life mostly in a state of feeling good as opposed to feeling bad. And who doesn't want that? You yeah. know, so I, I love this exercise. And immediately as you started talking about it, I was saying my favorite color is purple. But you know where I went and I allowed myself to go there? I went to a field of daffodils. Oh my goodness. And I felt the sun bathing down and the warmth of the sun and the daffodils gently waving in the wind. And I would think, as you say, that you can think about things that you love doing. Um, that to me would be just walking, strolling. But then then some of the fragrances came to mind as well. So it, I would imagine the more you can bring the five senses in over that, Absolutely. what, 60 to 90 seconds? Yes. The more potent the endorphins and oxytocin and all of those feel-good chemicals are going to be. And the faster we're going to flush the negatives out. That's I have one it. more question for you around this, however. Okay. And that is, um, I'm thinking of things like cortisol, which is released under stress. It's a survival hormone as well. And I have been told that one of the best ways to release 
excess cortisol in the system is actually through respiration, through activity and movement. So is that another way you can do it other than just the, I mean, sometimes you can't go out and take a walk, but isn't that another way to help deal with these stress hormones that especially if they tend to be, um, uh, what's the word I wanna say, consistently there in the background? Yes, absolutely. So physical exercise is one of the most, one of the fastest and most effective ways to, to change, uh, not just to bring down the stress chemicals, but also to produce endorphins. Um, what, one of my favorite things that I recommend to people, wherever possible, if you're able to go out, just go out for a walk and listening to an uplifting audiobook. That just doing that, so you don't have to sort of work out if you if you can and you like working out, great, even better. But if not, even just a walk, listening to an uplifting, um, inspirational, or you know, an, or a funny audio book. The other things uh, that we recommend: watching comedy, so watching funny YouTube videos, watching uplifting TED talks, listening to interviews like this on um, on Virginia's ch uh, channel, listening to those, um, and uh, playing games, playing with your children or your pets. So anything that will give you that that boost of feeling good. Yeah, and that's really the bottom line, isn't it? When you notice that your energy is less than what you'd want it to be, I sort of put it there and say it doesn't even have to be in a negative state. It just could be kind of a blah state. Exactly. And you know that you you perform better, you get more done, you have more creative, inspirational ideas when you're in that feel-good, uplifted state. That's the time to say to yourself, how can I shift my feelings and what are some of the techniques and i love that you just gave us a 90 second technique which i can't do if i'm going out for a walk that is just using the mind to reframe the experience and quickly shift the chemicals that are released because i don't think people think that much about the fact that their brain is constantly constantly secreting chemicals that provide something for us whether it's to protect us for fight or flight or it's to help us be more calm so that we sleep better. But the brain is constantly doing this. We take it all for granted. And yet what you're saying is you can make this shift in 90 seconds. Just become aware, consciously focus on a color you love and anything that you might associate with it. And boom, you're in a new state. The brain body has been adjusted. So I have yeah. a feeling we're moving into the second topic. We've already yeah. kind of been there. And <laughs> yeah. that is reprogramming your subconscious GPS. So That's, go ahead with that. <laughs> thank you. So that first part of bringing your prefrontal cortex back online. So that makes that means that feeling good is not just about feeling good. It's about everything. It's about being able to think straight. So that is like learning to drive and taking the handbrake off. Now the GPS coordinates. So even if you know how to drive and you're able to move the car forward, if your GPS is set to where you have been before or where you are now, you're not going to end up at your destination because it'll keep turning you around and heading you back to where um, to, to where the, the GPS is set to. So when we are born, so when a baby's born, we everything we experience is recorded, but not as a camera records. So the subconscious records it, all our experiences, but not accurately, not as a camera records. It interprets the experiences, gives them meaning, and then files those, uh, those experiences as part of the structure of who we are and how the world works. So this is why a baby can be born in rural Africa or Hollywood and learn to thrive and survive in that environment automatically because we're designed that way. So everything we experience, every new experience is filtered through those the, the data of the previous experiences and then added to it. And so this is why we don't have to constantly think, well, how should I react to that? What does that mean? It's just automatic. And it's also why people can push our buttons uh, without us, you know, even if we're trying to, to be, um, trying not to overreact or whatever, it happens like you were saying with the, um, hearing the siren, it happens before you've registered it consciously. 
And that's because, so the subconscious is like this warehouse of um, so-called evidence that proves who we are and how the world works. When we experience something, the subconscious refers to that evidence and then prompts the brain and body to produce the chemicals that will create the feelings, sensations, and impulses. And then the conscious mind reacts accordingly. So changing things like limiting belief. So if I wanted to change, which I did, uh, my limiting belief of I'm not good enough, every time I tried to change that belief or even saw proof of it, you know, people told me that uh, I was good enough or um, I used affirmations. As I was doing that, my subconscious was referring to my childhood experiences that prove I'm not good enough. There's evidence there. So we want to change that. Now, this is what's so fascinating. The latest in neuroscience has discovered that not only are memories inaccurate, they're also changing every time we recall them. So every time, so memories are not stored in a particular place in the brain and they're not sto stored as videos or photos or anything like that. They're stored as data in pieces throughout the brain. When we recall a memory, the brain pulls those pieces together like a jigsaw puzzle. And every time that happens, it changes slightly. And then that new version is filed. So anything you remember now is not actually the way it originally happened. It's been affected by everything you've experienced since the last time you recalled it. Now, in addition to that, uh, there are therapies that that are being used in uh, for PTSD um, called memory reconsolidation. And what they do is they uh, they give the patient a drug, a beta blocker, to keep the stress chemicals uh, to, to keep the the stress chemicals from being produced when they recall the memory. And then they recall the memory and they change what happened just by using the imagination. And they do that until the person is no longer triggered. However, this is very inconsistent. So it works sometimes for some people. And the, I believe the reason for that is because the childhood memories are still there. So not everybody experiences PTSD. So the same, you know, a group of people can experience the same traumatic event, but only some will get PTSD and others won't. And I believe that that's because the original childhood references are informing how we respond, how we react, how we experience later traumas. So going to that childhood, uh, to those traumatic childhood memories, changing those, using reconsolidation to change those, but we do it without the drugs, we don't need the drugs, then the, the, uh, the event that seemed to cause the PTSD either changes automatically or it's easier to change. So what you're doing is you're changing it in the subconscious. Your conscious mind, you'll still know what originally happened. But like when we watch a movie, the, the brain and body go into the same state as if the movie is real, but the conscious mind knows it's just a movie. So those GPS coordinates, those childhood trauma, you know, doesn't even have to be traumatic, just negative childhood memories, adverse childhood memories, you cha we change those to the opposite, positive and empowering. And then everything else follows automatically. I'm automatically confident because I know I have, my subconscious now has proof that I'm valuable, that I'm safe. And now instead of, uh, instead of prompting my brain and body to produce stress chemicals, it's prompting my brain and body to produce feel-good chemicals. And so then it becomes authentic. You're not pretending to be confident or you know, changing your actions or what you're wearing or your stance or anything. It's automatic and natural and authentic. Now, I love this. This is very, very powerful, impactful information. And I like the way you talked about how the subconscious works from this warehouse of evidence, which comes from memories which may or not may not be very accurate because of the weight we give to the experience based on 
previous experiences, many of which the conscious mind doesn't even remember. And I went through this with clients numerous times. And one of the things that I found, and I'd love to have you comment on this um, because I have not been doing hypnotherapy for a number of years now, but one of the things that we always found was that they would continue to stumble and have these triggers come up unless you got down to the, what we call the initial sensitizing experience and changed the original decision that was made. So what have you found today around um, the neurological response patterns of that initial sensitizing experience? And I'm sorry, uh, Virginia, you broke up there. So I didn't actually hear that, that actual question. Oh, Sorry. all right, let's try it again. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that I worked with years ago was making sure that if we we're going to change that warehouse of evidence, that yes. you have to get to the initial sensitizing experience where the initial misperception, or could have been a powerful true perception, but either way, so that you could change that, reframe it in a way that you know, change the warehouse of evidence. So are you still working in that area? Do you want to get to that initial experience with people in order to really change the GPS? Yes, uh, and so what we do is we go for the earliest experience and whatever you can remember. And then what happens is the, the subconscious will, will, if it can change the, you know, the ones earlier than that, it'll do it automatically. If it can't, it'll come up and you'll suddenly remember. So I'll give you an example. Um, I had this, you know, anxiety, this anxious feeling. And um, in fact, let me give you the, the just it, the detective work of how to find these things. So uh, it's three questions. The first question is, how do I know I have a problem? Or how do I know this problem is uh, exists? So, for example, my my one of my examples was um, my problem was money. I could I couldn't afford to pay my bills. So that's the problem. That's how I know I I uh, have a problem. The second question is how does that feel? So for me, and will feel different for different people. For me, it felt like they want something of me and I don't have it to give them. I want to give it to them, but I just don't have it. Then the third question is, where in my childhood did I feel that same feeling? And here's a huge, a very, very important piece. It may not be the same topic, but it'll be the same feeling. In my case, it was nothing to do with money. It was about expectations. So it was, they want me to be something and I can't be that. And then my subconscious was recreating that using my financial situation and it, it, you know, relationships and whatever else. So then you go there and you change that memory. So I'm going to give you um, an example, a very simple example of a memory I changed. It was a, so you go back as far as you can remember. And if you can only remember sort of last week, that's okay. Then you do that one. And if another one comes up, you can change that. If not, your subconscious will have done the, the earlier ones. So uh, this particular memory was, I was 11 years old and I was standing in the doorway to my grandparents' bedroom and my grandfather was sitting on the bed with a brown leather belt next to him and I was in trouble. And the memory was just that feeling of frozen and terrified, standing in the doorway, looking at the scene. So when I changed it, and I will take you through the process of changing a memory, uh, and you can all follow along because it's, it's really um, quick to demonstrate. I changed it. And now instead of um, my, my grandfather still sitting on the bed, but it, next to him on the bed, instead of a brown leather belt is a pink feather boa. And he <laughs> picks it up and he's, he's playing with the feather boa and everything. And so now that memory is a funny memory for me. And the difference that made in my adult life is I used to feel really uncomfortable around older men. I always felt incompetent. I felt, uh, you know, just out of sorts. And it was because of those memories of my grandfather. Now, my, I, I'm in the you know, company of an older man. My subconscious is referring to that memory. And so now I don't feel any, you know, I don't feel any stress or anything. It's just, it, there's no threat anymore. Now, a key point I want to make as well is my conscious mind still remembers the original memory. That's why I was able to tell you it was a brown leather belt. So I've changed it in my subconscious. 
So hopefully that that helps to clarify that. Oh well. yeah, I mean let's let's dig in a little deeper here because I want people to take from this interview some real solid strategies to shift these kind of things because as you say, if you already have a conscious memory of it, we don't even know how far back these triggers might go, but let's start with what you consciously can remember that was disturbing to you in some way, that was terrifying, that was something that threw you off of your equilibrium, so to speak. And how can we make that shift? Because you said it's pretty simple. I like the boa, the pink boas, a great idea. How do people come up with these themselves? Yes, so I, I want to take you through just a little exercise first, just to show you that um, you uh, what's happening in the brain. So when you have when you think of something that's neurons firing now when you have a memory you're firing a specific neural network in your brain and what we want to do is just change it so you're firing a different pattern and so when you learn a new phone number for example so you've had this phone number someone asks you for your phone number it comes automatically because you've learned it now when you learn a new phone number you get to a point where someone asks you for your phone number and it's the new one that comes to mind straight away. Uh, but you consciously know that you used to have another one. So take a deep breath, close your eyes, and I want you to think of your front door. And whatever, your, whatever color your front door is, imagine that it's white, if it's not already white. And now imagine that your front door is blue. And if you can't just imagine it blue, imagine you're taking out a pot of blue paint and painting it blue. So your front door is now blue. Now make it red. Now make it yellow. And put some purple flowers on it. <laughs> so you could do that, presumably, because there's no emotional attachment to your front door. So when I say imagine your front door a different color, it's okay to imagine it a different color because it does this, there's no emotions uh, attached to it. With memories that have happened to us, especially, uh, you know, ones that, that were emotionally charged, it's the emotions that stop us from changing them. Now, changing a memory is as simple as imagining the, imagining the event differently and then practicing it to establish the, that new neural network is the more you uh, think the same thing over and over, the more those neurons uh, connect and they call it wired, it becomes, they become established. And then we know it automatically. That's how we learn intellectually by repetition. So, and like you would learn a new phone number. So it's as simple as that, but when you try and think, so I was beaten as a child. If I were to try and just think, oh, well, I wasn't beaten. And instead we all went to Disney World, I, of course, will have resistance to that because I've got emotions. So what we do first is bring the emotions down, bring the negative emotions down, and then play the memory differently and practice the new memory. Important points to remember, we can't go back in time and change the original event. And so it's, it, it's not changing the original event. What we're changing is the way it's held in our own brain. There are no people in our brain. No, those people are not inside us. So these are just neurons connecting. So, you know, people go, oh, well, you can't change that. You can't change them. And we no, we can't change other people, but we can change the way we are uh, representing them in our in our own minds. So and there are no pictures in the brain and no sounds and no words. It's literally just neurons connecting in different patterns. And so we are just changing the way our own brain uh, connects those connects neurons. Okay, so uh, if you think of a memory that you'd like to change, now, of course, don't pick trauma. Um, you know, don't pick anything that's very emotionally charged because you, you'll need help with that and especially not for your first time. So pick something minor. So perhaps somebody, you know, cut you off in traffic or uh, something happened at a supermarket, or whatever, something mild. And um, before you, so you've got that memory that you're going to change. Now I want you to think of someone or something you love and preferably something or someone where you don't have any negative emotions. So no missing or longing or regret or guilt or anything like that, just love. So it could be a pet or an animal that's not your pet, but you think they're cute or um, or a, 
your child as a baby or um, or a place or activity. And then go to the memory you want to change and notice the negative, uh, negative emotions in that memory. Notice how strong they are from zero to 10. So zero, I can't feel anything. 10, it's very strong. Then come back to take a deep breath, close your eyes and think of your favorite color. Imagine being surrounded by that beautiful color. And then think of that person, animal, place or activity that you love. And imagine holding them in your arms in a hug. And notice how lovely that feels. You can, you can start homing in on all the things you love about that subject. And then press pause on that. And let's go back to that memory you want to change. So go into that memory just very, very briefly. We're not going to sit in it and just notice the negative emotions. How strong are they now? Is it the same? Is it more? Is it less? Zero to 10. And then press pause on that. And let's come back to the color and that subject you love and holding them in your arms in a hug. And if it's a person or an animal, think about have they ever done anything funny? or what's your favorite thing about them? And just really allow yourself to fully focus on everything you love and appreciate about this subject. Very good. Now press pause on that and let's go back to that memory you want to change. And notice now, are the uh, negative emotions, are they the same? Are they different? Notice how, how different they are. And so we keep doing this back and forth, back and forth, until when you go to the negative memory, and you'll notice it's only a, a couple of seconds that you spend, they don't spend too long. Uh, and you go there and you can't feel any negative emotions anymore. Then we change the memory. Now, the changing the memory is literally just imagining it differently, but you wanna also make it much better. So making it just okay is, it's okay, but it's not strong enough. And the reason is, as I said earlier, stress chemicals are stronger than feel-good chemicals. So you need a lot more of the feel-good chemicals to, to have the effect. So uh, for example, me with the, with the leather belt, it was a pink feather boa and he was playing with it and that became a funny memory. You could also turn um, uh, bullying, like if you were bullied in school, for example, into a big party, Mardi Gras, add ponies and a fun fair. There's no limit to the special effects and the budget inside your mind. <laughs> your, sub, your subconscious won't question anything. It will believe whatever you give it. Uh -huh. So it's, it, uh, it can't use logical reason, can't judge something as unrealistic and can't use timeline. So you could, um, you know, if your parents were divorced, you can imagine they never got divorced. And your subconscious won't question that. Your conscious mind will, mm -hmm. but you have control over your conscious mind. So if you think about uh, scary movies like dinosaur movies, your subconscious doesn't go, hold on a minute, dinosaurs aren't real. So that's just your conscious mind. Yeah. And then you practice that new memory. Until it's well, you know, what I, what I pick up from this the overall concept that you're sharing, which is to move back and forth, not spend very much time in the initial experience. It, 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 the sensation I get is as though you're, you're draping it or, or painting it or putting a layer over it that is just so much more fulfilling, enjoyable, and giving your body a chance to start to, um, as you say, you're, you're kind of um, grooving out a new neuronal pathway right. around the initial experience by flipping back and forth. And what I find very interesting is your use of color because it seems as though color is something people are um, not emotionally attached to in one way or another particularly. And so you can start there and then you go on to being playful. And I think I'm gonna add that to what you've just said is be playful with this. Yes. In the process of being playful, you can come up with something that is so much more enjoyable 
and therefore energetically everything shifts. So I love it, love it, love it. I wanna hear from all of you. What did you take away from this idea or this strategy from Odile? We have one more quick topic we have to get in before the end of the show though, and that's around everyday experiences and challenges that continue to kind of come back and kick us in the butt or kick us off course. What can you say about that, Odile? All right. So th this, I use an analogy for this uh, that helps. And, you know, this part of th this particular topic is based on the last two topics. It's, it all fits in. So when we are going about our day and we, we come across challenges, immediately the brain and body go into that survival state and then the conscious mind follows. And so it becomes a vicious circle because we're focused on um, on the negative in order to survive. You know, it's unconscious, of course, we don't do it on purpose. So what I, uh, but, but wherever we're putting our focus in the moment is determining which chemicals are, um, are being produced and whether our prefrontal cortex, whether our, our cognitive thinking is online or not. So we want to make sure that we're focusing on things we love and things we appreciate more than the negative. But because that's difficult, an analogy I use is if you imagine wherever you are now, where you want to get to, whatever you want to achieve is your destination. And on the way, sometimes there are storms and detours. But what we tend to do is we hit a storm along the road and we stop and we pull over and we get out of the car and we spend time in the storm as if that's the end destination, focusing, oh, it's terrible, the rain and the cold and it's dark. And it... Instead, don't get out of the car. Stay in the car and keep moving forward. Recognize this is just a storm along the way. It's okay. I'm just going to keep moving forward. And if the storm, you know, so you may have to go slower because you can't see as clearly. You may have to take a different route because there's a detour. That's okay. It doesn't mean that you're not going to end up at your destination. And if it's particularly scary, so you're feeling particularly triggered, put on an audiobook or the radio or some music so that whatever will get you through that storm until you're out the other side. And the equivalent of that is watch, watch some comedy, play a game, listen to some uplifting talks or interviews, do some physical exercise, do whatever it will take to get you through that storm or that detour, but knowing that it is just a passing thing. It's not the end destination. I love this. I love this. And what immediately came to mind is what I did at the beginning of COVID when there was so much fear out being placed out there for all of us and something that people just didn't know or understand. And you know what I did? I grabbed one of my favorite songs from years ago, and this is going to date me, of course, and it's Neil Diamond's I'm Alive. Nice. And it is one of the most uplifting songs, you know, that I grew up with. And so anytime that I feel that kind of fear and uncertainty come along, which is, as you say, I'm not going to get out of the car anymore. I like that. I love that imagery. Um, throw on something like I'm Alive and dance to it because I found that dancing to uplifting music for like two or three minutes totally <laughs> shifts your energy. So... Yeah, Absolutely these are great tips. On. Yes. <laughs> well, listen, we could go on and on here. I know I could talk to you for hours. I love this topic. I think it's the foundation of almost everything that we experience in our life. And the sooner you can get a handle on it, the better your life is going to be. And the more you are going to stay in the driver's seat and go where you want to go. And that's really the empowerment breakthrough that we were talking about this whole time is that you can break through to new levels of control and shift the feelings inside of you so you totally stay in power or empowered. So we've got a gift. We wanna make sure everyone has an opportunity to get the gift. So what I'm going to do is bring the link up for people and let them know where to get it. And Odile's gonna tell us in just a moment what this gift is all about. But to get it, you all know, you have to go to H 
hmtips.com. In this case, it's hmtips.com forward slash Odile Gift. And Odile is spelled O-D-I-L-L-E, Gift. So hmtips.com forward slash Odile Gift. Odile, go ahead and share with us what this gift is all about and why they want to jump on this right now. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. So um, this is a little starter pack. It's a free starter pack that includes um, a, a little uh, MP3 audio version of the little exercise that I've just taken you through, the beginner's exercise. So you can listen to that. You can download it onto your phone or your device if you want to. And you can listen to it. It's two minutes and you can listen to it many times to change your state in the moment. So there's that part. There's three parts. So there's that. The second part is a little PDF that gives you all the information that we've talked about here. What these GPS coordinates are, how the brain um, refer, how the subconscious is referring to them, and how to change them, and, they, and how to find those memories and to change them. So it takes you step by step through it, and then finally, there's a step by step video that you can follow along with that will take you through changing a memory. So you can just keep using this little starter pack over and over to change all the different issues in your life. Whoa, it's a great gift, you guys. Make sure you go and pick it up now. And again, if you found the information that Odile's been sharing with us today of value, and you know someone else who keeps getting tripped up with these old path neuronal pathways that aren't working for them, send them here as well. Make sure that they listen to Odile on this interview, but also send them to the gift. It's Odile's gift to you. And I know she has more great stuff available to you, but start there and then you'll be able to see what else she has to offer. So Odile, at this point, what I would love is for you to sort of wrap this all up in a nice tidy bow and give us, you know, if they take nothing else from this interview today, take this tip home, what would you like to share with them? Yes, by all means. So um, the biggest thing to remember is that you have control over what, wherever you put your focus. So no matter what is going on around you, no matter what is happening to you, we cannot control other people. We can't always control the circumstances, the events, but we can always control where we're putting our focus. We can always choose where we're putting our focus in the moment, even if it's just on being surrounded by my favorite color right now. And that will change your brain chemistry, which will then bring your prefrontal cortex online, which will change everything else. All right, so that is your empowerment breakthrough strategy. Make sure you go out and use it. Odile, I want to thank you so much for being here with us today. I bring you up one last time and we'll be able to say to everyone, go out, make it a great day because you are in control. And the, and the second you feel you aren't, grab Odile's gift, listen to what you've said here today, pick up these techniques and strategies and start using them because as she said, you need to repeat them to reprogram new neuronal pathway and response patterns. Thank you, Odile, so much for being with us today. You're very welcome. It's my pleasure. All right, everyone. And we'll see you all on the next Inspirational Businesswoman Show. Bye-bye now. Thanks so much for watching today. Do you know someone who would be a great guest for our show? Or would you like to be a guest on the Inspirational Businesswoman Show? Let's shine the spotlight on your expertise. We'll share your story while offering tips, strategies, and advice to our viewers. Expert interviews are a great way to build your reputation as the go-to expert. Go to shinetips.com forward slash IBWS to apply today. Women are waiting for your message and I can't wait to interview you.